Welcome to the Fill the Well podcast. I am your host, Apostle Jennifer P. Harris, based out of St. Louis, Missouri. I thank you for spending time with me as we go through God's word, as we are reminded that new wine cannot go in old wineskins, and that we remember that sometimes along this journey, through this thing called faith, we need to stop and be replenished. And God's word, again, is the best fountain to be filled by. So I welcome you with the love of Jesus Christ through the grace of our Father as we begin this week once more and again to fill our wells. Welcome to the Fill the Well podcast. I am your host, Apostle Jennifer P. Harris, based out of St. Louis, Missouri. I thank you for spending time with me as we go through God's word, as we are reminded that new wine cannot go in old wineskins, and that we remember that sometimes along this journey, through this thing called faith, we need to stop and be replenished. And God's word, again, is the best fountain to be filled by. So I welcome you with the love of Jesus Christ through the grace of our Father as we begin this week once more and again to fill our wells. If you are like me, you are aware of the now international bestseller, Woman Thou Art Loosed, written by Bishop T.D. Jakes, who has gone on to have written several other books after that. And even in considerations as it relates to this particular podcast and even this topic, I want to give this perspective. Sarah is more like us than we realize. And I think a lot of times we use 21st century tools to look at antiquity. While that's a good thing, right? Well, that's a good thing to use those skills of analyses and even objective thinking. What I think is missing from this, con- from this conversation is the fact that Sarah, much like us, more than we probably like to admit, meddled in her miracle. Now, this is what I mean. We know that Genesis, I believe, 17 tells us, or where we first meet Abram and Sarah. We know that Abraham was, well, Abram was called from the land of Uz to a land that God was going to show him. We know that. We also know that while Abram was out here wilding, as the kids would say, that a Egyptian king, a pagan, rebuked him because he told, he lied and said Sarah was his sister when he was really his wife. We also know that Abraham was rich. We also know that the travelers who came to visit Abraham said that, you know, by this time next year, you'll have a baby. And we know classically that 
that made Sarah laugh, right? It made her laugh. She could, she could not, she could not believe it. And in that, and in that not, and in that not believing, in that not believing, we find out that she, uh, from her laughed, she got her own visitation with God. And when the Lord asks her again, this is all in scripture. When he asks her, you know, basically, what are you laughing at? What are you laughing about? And she says that, you know, I'm old. How am I going to have a baby? And the Lord told her that she was going to have a baby. Now, again, watch this. He never said that she was not going to have a baby. He never said that the promise, because she laughed, she forfeited. He never, he never said that. What the Lord, what the Lord told her was, you were going to have a baby. Now, here is where she began to meddle. She began to meddle, she began to meddle in her miracle because due to the time that it was going to take for the miracle to come to pass, she just, she just didn't have time for that. She didn't have time for that. And many of us, more than we want, more than we want to really admit, do the same thing. We get a, we get a promise from God. We, we get all, we get all excited. We get all emotional. You know, we run around the church. We, we, you know, we scream on zoom. We do all, we do all the, we do all the theatrics of, of that, of receiving of the promise. We do the celebration of the promise before we ever get it. But yet, when it's time for us to do the work so that the promise can manifest, that's where some of us start to buckle, right? It's where some of us start to buckle. And again, this is a, this is a human trait. This is not me uh, getting, on, getting on Sarah. This is not me, you know, this is not me browbeating her. This is not me saying she should have done better. She should have done better. This is me saying as a human being, as a woman, as a believing woman at that, that I too have meddled in my own miracles. And I'm sure that you have also. Now remember, now remember the text. Nowhere did God revoke his promise from Sarah. Nowhere in scripture does it say that. Sarah decided to go ahead and make this miracle happen. This, again, this is what happens when you try to orchestrate a miracle rather than let God perform the miracle. What happened is she brought somebody else into it who really had no business being in it. Now that now that's a word in and of itself. She brought in her bondswoman, the King James Version says, Hagar. She gave Hagar to Abram. That again, using the King James vernacular. And they had a baby, Ishmael. And the text says that the baby that they had. Sarah was going to take because again, remember Abraham was rich. Abraham was rich. There was nothing 
that Abraham could could get or buy for her. There's no, and we know that we know that Sarah we know that Sarah favored him. Well, was favored by him, which is all, which is almost right, almost like a foreshadowing of of uh, of Hannah and Penina, almost a foreshadowing of that, a light foreshadowing, if you will, not something not something completely. Uh, not something completely that could be completely superimposed on it, but definitely, but definitely, it's it's something to consider. So now Hagar, who is his who is his bondswoman, she's been brought into this because Sarah couldn't wait on God. And again, let me softly remove remove my skepticism from this. Now, when I say that. I mean this. Sarah has not done anything that no that no other person, not just woman, has done. When we believe that we have something from the Lord, we don't like to listen for, for the cubes that God gives about it. We want it immediately. We need it immediately. It's got to happen right now. Otherwise, I might die. We want to push the hand of God by putting our hand in it. And then when the promise eventually comes, because it because it does, unless the Lord says otherwise. When the promise comes, now you have complications with it. Now, if, oh, if I just had time to really to really teach on the on the complication that we bring for putting our hands and stuff. What we find, right, what we find. When we put our when we put our hands in something when we decide that we are going to be God and not God be God, what we get is complications in our miracles. We get casualties in our promises because we have invited things into it that weren't supposed to be there. They were never supposed to be there if we had just waited on God. Now here it is, right? Here it is. This is the part that's going, this is, this is the part that's going to bless you. The thing that it, the thing that you need to remember again. Now, remember now they wait. They meaning Sarah and I, Sarah and Abraham waited 20 years, right? Waited 20 years for Isaac. The Lord never said that I, that the promised baby wasn't going to come. Now I need I need to emphasize that nowhere in Scripture does God revoke his promise. He never, he never does that. If anything, they had to wait longer for it. So, so they would understand that God is God and not them. And remember the now famous scene in, in Genesis, one of the few famous scenes in Genesis that the, that again, uh, Isaac, Isaac, not Isaiah, but Isaac is of age now of circumcision, right? She, you know, I, Sarah has, Sarah has her baby. Hagar has her baby. Now, again, I'm not going to get into that because that's a whole, that's a whole other slide. And I don't, and I don't have time to really delve it, delve into the complexities of that relationship. Because some of those complexities we see, we see in what is now recognized as the Middle East right now. But again, in this famous scene, we see that Sarah is so is so incensed by this bondswoman 
and her son, her sons. Now she gives him, she gives, she gives Ishmael back to Hagar. And she says to her husband to put him out. To put him out. And again, this is where every, this is where every, this is where self-righteousness from the 21st century lens, this is where it, this is where it gets kind of complicated because it could easily devolve into, well, you know, Hagar asked for it, you know, well, she shouldn't have laughed and all of, and all of this again, superimposing 21st, 21st century ideology on that, where some of it is applicable. Yes, we can do that. But yet let us break this back down to the root. Has Sarah just waited? Hagar wouldn't have been involved. Has Sarah not tried to orchestrate something because she was impatient? Perhaps this would have ended better. But this is where we can lend empathy and sympathy to, to Sarah. God gave her a promise. And because of her age, because of her circumstance, because she didn't see, because she didn't see how it would work out. She gave up. And tried to orchestrate it herself. We do the same thing. We do the same thing. We, we buck the process. We don't want to listen to leadership. We don't want to seek God. We don't want to cultivate intimacy with God. We'd rather scroll on our phone. We would rather do anything else but seek the face or heart of God concerning a matter. And we, we can extrapolate from scripture. Again, $5 word for let's look deep at it. We can extrapolate from scripture that clearly Sarah knew that her husband knew how to walk with God. Knew how. Knew how. And was and told her probably, presumably, how to walk with him. But I also see this as one of those as one of those mysteries of the faith, kind of like kind of like with David, that we don't see specifically how David got his got the faith that he did, except through his life i.e. we don't see Jesse anywhere in scripture again Jesse being David's father we don't see Jesse anywhere in scripture teaching his son how to pray we don't see any of that we don't see any of that so the faith that David has cultivated he's gotten himself and from that cause right from that cause we can lend empathy to Sarah we can look at Sarah and say, you know what? I've done something like that. You know, I didn't wait on God because God didn't come when I wanted him to, or God quote unquote failed me. I just, I'm just never going to trust again. I'm never going to do anything else. Like I'm going to, I'm a quit church. We do all these grandiose things, right? We do all these things that pull us, that pull us from God. But yet when we get, when we get our promise, when we get the thing, because again, God never said he was not going to do it. He never said he wasn't going to do it. What he did was make sure it was divine when he did it. But again, in, consider, in considering Sarah, perhaps, my dear brother and sister in Christ, we are more like Sarah than we are Abraham's. Perhaps we have more in us that lends itself to more stringent scrutiny, if I can use that word, than anything else. Perhaps, just perhaps, 
we have the tendency in us to try and to try and take God's word and make ourselves God in it to perform it. Perhaps, just perhaps, we have the tendency in our own hearts to try to make a miracle ourselves outside of God. But when the results come up, because we get re, we get amnesia, right? We get amnesia when um, when the prom when the promise show up, and we forget the collateral damage of the uh, of the other things we did trying to make this thing happen. And considering Sarah. Let us consider ourselves. Let us continue to seek God even in the little things, even the things that we think won't, don't, and may never matter to him. Because check this out, they always have. Don't meddle in your miracle. Don't meddle in your miracle. Because God will always have the, have the last laugh in it. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I would like to give you that invitation now. You can do it wherever you are, no matter what time of day. God is always listening and always anxious to hear from his children. Repeat this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my life and make me new. I believe that you came, you died, and you rose and are coming again. I accept you as Lord of my life. Teach me how to follow you, listen to you, and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, I believe you got born again and welcome to the family of Christ. Get into a good Bible-based church. Find a version of the Bible by which you are most comfortable reading. And begin with the book of John or the book of Luke as they are the easiest, they are the most easiest to read. I look forward to seeing you this time again. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to Fill the Well podcast this week. I hope that you were encouraged. I hope that you were strengthened. I hope that you are reminded that God is still able and able to do all things. I look forward to speaking to you all next week. If you would be so inclined to sow a seed into this ministry, you may do so via PayPal. The PayPal is Apostle J. B. Harris at gmail.com. Again, that is A P O S T L E J as in Jack, 
B as in boy, H as in hot, A R R I S at gmail.com. Until next week, may your prayers be fruitful. May God ever smile on you and may your well stay full.